Shabbos, Perk Chaf Mishnah Hay 25. And now we really are going on to a new topic, um, which is the topic of Muktzah. We discussed this already previously in the 17th Perk and elsewhere. In the 21st Perk, meaning the next Mishnahis after this one, again, talk about Muktzah, but this Mishnah here already laps into the topic of Muktzah. And the first case is Hakash Shalgabe Hamita. If you have straw that is sitting on your bed, and that's in the way of having yourself a comfortable rest. So the assumption of the mission is that straw, unless otherwise designated, is for the purpose of kindling a fire. And since you can't kindle a fire in Shabbos, the straw is mukta, machmas gufo, intrinsically aser, to move is mukta. And that being the case, um, one couldn't move it, and therefore the mission says, lo yanenu biyado, you may not use your hand to move it. Ella, what you could do is minaneo bagufo, you could whittle it off with your body. That is to say, you could lie in the bed and then um, jiggle around the straw in such a way that it makes your bed comfortable. Some of us learn you're just basically flattening out a bump. Some understand you're actually going to knock it right off um, the bed altogether. Whatever the case is, by wiggling your body, instead of moving it directly with your hand, you are permitted to move this mukta. Now, an interesting side point, um, but an important one, when it comes to moving mukta in a... If you come to moving mukta in general, um, ignoring the side point of... In normal circumstances, while you cannot move mukta in a normal way with your hand, there are two ways in which you could move it. One is called kalaachar yad, which means in an, in an unusual way, and one is tiltul minatsad, indirect movement, meaning you're you're moving something which is permitted to move, then indirectly that moves away the item. So, like sweeping something up, sweeping with a broom, for example, tiltul minatsad, was kicking with your foot, would be kalaachar yad, indirect movement. In the case of our Mishnah here, it seems, based on that dichotomy, that this kind of movement would be called kalaachar yad, an unusual way of moving, because you're not directly taking your hand and moving the straw, instead you're doing it with your foot or your knee or your belly, whatever the story is, as opposed to tiltum and tzad, indirect movements, because you're not having something interposed between you and the straw. Um, nevertheless, the Bartanura calls it, in this Mishnah, tiltum and hatsad, quoting Rashi, um, which is a little strange, and by the dichotomy I just set up, really, this should be called um, simply kalachiyad, an indirect way of moving. Now, there is, it's not just semantics, there is a difference, an important difference in general that applies to these two different ways of moving mukta. When it comes to tiltul min hatsad, the indirect movement, you're not allowed to move mukta, tiltul min hatsad, in an indirect way if it's for the sake of the mukta itself, meaning you want to um, protect something which fell on the floor that, that you wouldn't be able to do, um, unless you're just doing. Uh, in short, you can't do that. Whereas kalachar um, yad, in an indirect way, an unusual way, um, you already could move it, um, move the muktzah for its own purpose. So there is a difference between the two categories. In any case, here we're saying if you do it with your body, it is permitted. That's again assuming the mission is making the assumption that this straw was presumed could be safely presumed in this time and place to be used for kindling. If, however, this straw was intended to be used not for lighting fire, which is most on Shabbos, but rather for feeding an animal, which is permitted on Shabbos, or you had some kind of like bedding, like a pillow or a sheet on top of the straw, meaning that would turn the straw into the stuffing of your mattress. And that being the case, it's effectively like a kli, a utensil called a mattress. So as a mattress, it's muttered, it's a klisha malach to laheter, it's a utensil that's permitted to be moved on Shabbos, that's no problem. 
as animal food, it's permitted to be moved. And therefore, if that is what the straw had been designated for going into Shabbos, so then, you would be allowed to move it directly with your hand. Um, again, the, the Mishnah's assumption is that normal straw is for kindling. The Manganavram brings out that whatever's normal is normal. Whatever's going on in your time and place is the presumed de facto use of the straw. That's what would govern what's appropriate and what applies to the Lacha here. Okay, a new case, also very possibly a mukta topic. We have the topic of a machbesh. A machbesh essentially is a press, like a clothing press. So what essentially that looks like is you have two boards. I remember pressing flowers as a child or pressing butterflies, same kind of thing. You have two boards, um, one sits on top of the other, and then this, the top one slots into like four like poles that is attached to the bottom one. And then you have some kind of like peg or clamp that holds the top one firmly down, applying pressure, and then over a period of time, the clothing that's between the top and bottom boards gets smoothed out. That's the press. So we're going to differentiate between the machbesh shel balhabatim, a regular amateur's home variety press, which is not that tight in terms of how well it seals. Matirin, one is allowed to remove the pegs or the clamps to take the clothing out that's been pressed inside because you need those clothes for Shabbos, and it's not that tight, so you're just opening it up. It's not that significant an act. Of a lokovshin, you certainly cannot put clothing in on Shabbos into the press and clamp it down. The reason why is because it takes a good amount of time to get the clothes to smooth out if you're using a press. And in such a scenario, you're doing work on Shabbos for Mozi Shabbos, which certainly is forbidden. Vishal Kovsin, on the flip side, if you're talking about a press that is a professional launderer's press, so then this is a high-quality press which seals very tightly. Lo yigabo, you cannot even touch it. So according to the Bartonora, the shot here is that if you would, um, it does such a good job, if you would release the clamps or pegs that are holding it in place, so that's something that is similar to stira, stira like um, demolition, breaking apart some sort of clee, whatever it is. So since Madurabana looks like that, it's, it resembles stira, remember bone and soser, the malach of soser, demolition, therefore you can't do it. That's the Bartoner learns, um, which is which is like fine. Now that's like Rosh Hashita. Now there there is another approach in the in the the Teresial brings it. It's based on the, the Rambam that the issue here is Muktza, not Stira, not the Malishim, but rather Muktza Machmos Chesron Kis. We discussed that before back in the seventeenth parak. If something is the kind of thing that you are you wouldn't touch for any purpose other than its best and highest use because it's expensive to replace, like equipment that a person uses for his livelihood. The launderer has his fancy press. Since you wouldn't touch that on Shabbos for any reason other than pressing, and we're not allowed to press on Shabbos, the whole thing's mukta, machmas, chesron, kiss, and that's why you can't touch it. A separate shot. Um, but the Shulchan Aruch brings brings the former, that, that uh, we're talking about something that resembles Soser, and then we're really not talking about a mukta here at all.